What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 92 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Smith. First of all, Ryan, great episode last week. Thank you for writing solo on that. How was your weekend? And my apologies to the Chicago Bears. Ow, ow, it stings. Here's the thing, folks. Lucas is a Packers fan. Clearly, I am a Bears fan, but we still love each other. (laughs) That one hurt. It was not unexpected. I'm glad that we put some points on the board. I thought fields looked pretty solid. Our O-line is struggling. Uh, So besides that, though, it it was good. It was a good weekend. Uh, I've been playing more. I got more of an in-sound mind in. Uh, I've been streaming that on Thursdays, and and I'm just having a blast playing that game. It is. I'm enjoying the story. Uh, the visuals are solid, so that's a lot of fun. I did get a little bit of Destiny 2 in as well earlier in the week, and I really, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I barely played any New World at all. Last week was super busy work-wise, so I had a bunch of shoots and and some other live streams and stuff. So uh, didn't get a lot of a lot of gaming in, but for the most part, it was solid. How about you, my friend? Yeah, my weekend was good. Uh, spent some more time with Desk Gambit, which is a uh, uh, <laughs> punishing game, but it's fun. I've been having a lot of fun <laughs> with it, uh, but mainly. Uh, other than that, kind of relaxing, enjoying the cooler weather, at least by mm-hmm. Vegas standards. I actually had to wear a sweater, sweatshirt today, which is the first in a long, long, long time. Yeah. I am just glad we're not in triple digits anymore. Exactly. But <laughs> enough about us. We are excited to be joined by a very special guest, someone that I have been super pumped to get on the show. So I'm so happy it's happening She is a game journalist who has been in multiple publications and a finalist for Gaming Person of the Year at the Elevate Her Gala Award Show. Mary Gushy is here. Mary, how are you, my friend? Hey, it's happening. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Before before we get into anything gaming, I do have to ask, because I, I remember you saying that you are a big Matrix fan. So what... Did you think of that trailer? I honestly, I'm scared to go through like my history to see how many times I've watched that trailer. You know, like <laughs> I'm so excited when I first heard that they were going to do it. I had my doubts and reservations, but I think seeing the trailer has just made me really excited. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Same. I, I'm so pumped. I know Luke is super pumped. I yeah. was super pumped to see it as well. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do moving forward and what happens. I'm not a big, like, I watched the trailer, but, like, I typically just stay away. I like to go into things blind. Um, so I at least have some sense of what they're doing. But I'm just going to, I'm there for the ride, and I think I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be epic. I already told my girlfriend... If it's not safe, we're renting out the theater for ourselves. Like, it's just going to happen. I have to see it in the theater. I don't care. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Switching gears here, I I wanted to uh, talk about... I know that we had talked about Nintendo. um, They had announced at one of their directs that they're going to be bringing... um, 
uh, Nintendo Online Plus is essentially an expansion to what they already have, what they already offer, which is NES games, the uh, the ability to play online, and SNES games. Well, they're expanding it now to uh, N64 games and Sega Genesis games. There's going to be a new pricing. This has kind of got me bummed a little bit, but right now, currently for Nintendo Online, you could pay for a year. You could pay twenty dollars for that. That's a you know that's a consumer friendly price. It's like all right, you know it'd have been great if it was free, but all right, no no problem. There's a little bit of value in that. Uh, the new price is going to be fifty dollars for this expansion. Again, they're they are expanding it. Such titles as Mario Kart 64, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which is on screen. Um, let's see, Yoshi Story, Sins of Punishment, Win Back. Uh, there's some Genesis games as well, like uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, Golden Axe, Strider, Contra. Here's my thing. I just have a hard time being able to justify paying $50 to play retro games. And I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling right now to figure out if I'm actually going to do it because there's a family plan and that bumps it up to, to $80 a year. Uh, again, I think that I can get the value out of it. And there's plenty of, of, of games that I think would be fun to take my daughter back and play. And, and Nintendo was always very, um, I want to say co-op friendly. So of all the consoles, all the things that I have, I feel like that one is the easiest to be able to sit down on a couch. I'm sorry, uh, couch co-op. Uh, be able to sit down on a couch and have a good time with a group of friends or or whatever. So there, there's that. And I know that with this as well, they, they recently announced that Animal Crossing is getting a major paid update. And uh, they're kind of bundling this in. This comes out at the end of this month. So like, I think like next week uh, possibly is when it, when the expansion comes out, they're going to be bundling in the update, the paid update with this as well. So the paid update is for, for um, animal crossing uh, standalone is $25. So you pay $50 for the expansion as opposed to the, and, and so you're you're paying $50. I'm sorry. You're paying $50 for the expansion pass. That includes that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. If you were to do them standalone, it's $20 for the normal base price and $25 would add up to $55. So it's about a $5 value to get to then upgrade to the expansion pack if you were already planning on getting the Animal Crossing paid DLC. I know a lot of people and and I'm included. I'm excited for that. Not only not for me, because I haven't played the game in a while, but my daughter and my girlfriend absolutely love the game. They they've played a ton of it. So getting a major update, I think, is is huge and smart on their part to bundle that in. I'm just having a really hard time being like, OK, take my money. I'm going to play this all the time because let's be honest, I'm not going to play it all the time. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it yeah man? it's it's a little more expensive than i would have thought i kind of thought it would have just been a straight like 19.99 to 39.99 uh, not that mm -hmm. that's a huge difference in price but it is a little bit of a difference uh <clears throat> you know it's a little bit challenging in the sense that part of 
Nintendo's online offering, which obviously lacks compared uh, to Sony and Microsoft's uh, offerings, was that it was only $20. So you could kind of overlook uh, some of the rough edges uh, Mm -hmm. slash what it's missing compared to other services because it was so cheap. Uh, So anytime you raise the price, then obviously that becomes a little bit different. Uh, The difference becomes less, and those differences become more prominent in my mind, Uh, especially Mm -hmm. for the family plan at $80. I mean... Now you're you're running right up against you know a, a year subscription to PS Plus, uh, and I guess I don't know exactly because I don't have an Xbox right now. I don't know what uh, Xbox's uh, prices are these days, but I'm imagining they're still mm-hmm. around there. Uh, I don't know that I would do this either. I mean, I do love N64, <laughs> and it would be mm-hmm. nice to come play some of those games. Uh, I guess I might like do that like piecemeal to start to just kind of revisit some of those games. But like mm-hmm. my backlog of new games is good is is not going to get any better, and so I'm right. trying to like keep focus on trying to keep up as much as I can with new releases, uh, especially with 2022 on the horizon, and just knowing that we're about to get buried with new releases. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I think for the Nintendo fan, it's it's probably still no brainer to do. It's still a fairly good value. Uh, but it's becoming less of a good value, and and those those shortcomings in their online offerings are going to be more and more prominent the more expensive they get. But we'll see. I'm sure they're not going to have any trouble selling them. I'm sure they never do. What about you, Mary? I don't know if you uh, if you play Switch, if you have a Switch, if this is something that uh, you would be interested in getting. Yeah, you know what? I'm torn. Like, am I going to find the value with? the Animal Crossing, like Mm -hmm. how much time am I going to spend with that Animal Crossing expansion? Um, I think I would definitely get my value playing like the retro games and going back to them. But again, it's, you know, it's, you get into that cycle of playing the same older games over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I really think at the end of the day, you know, I can't give up the opportunity to play like Ocarina of Time on my Switch. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, I know. I just like take my money, like fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could charge a lot more and I would still pay, you know, I'll right. give the Animal Crossing, you know, DLC, you know, some time and play with that and enjoy it. So I think I'll get my money's worth simply, you know, I feel like, they could easily charge $10, $5 a game to download mm-hmm. on your Switch. So I think if you kind of look at it that way, you know, it could be some sort of value. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it kind of speaks to the industry and how they've gone and it's kind of morphing more into subs- subscription-based uh, things as as far or as opposed to just having the Oleg uh, Heart. Uh, I mean, obviously that that's still there, but especially playing on just people's nostalgia, uh, we've, we're seeing a ton of remakes and remasters. So I really feel that it's just the industry right now is kind of stuck there. And it's like, look, man, I want I want new IPs. I'm sick of the same old games. Don't get me wrong. Mass Effect Legendary, absolutely loving it. It's gorgeous. That is a game that definitely benefited from having having that done. There's some other ones. I know Dead Space. I think Dead Space just got uh, an official announcement that they're doing a, I believe, a remaster of the game. Uh, I know Life is Strange has got a, a remaster coming next year, earlier on next year. So I, I feel like there's definitely room for it, but 
I want to see, you know, if I'm going to spend my money, I want to spend my money on, on new stuff. And there is a ton of new stuff that is coming out. But like Lucas is saying, Nintendo knows how to make their money. So Nintendo is going to make their money on this. And and with the Animal Crossing bu- bundle as well, it's like, look, people are going to get it. That's a, that's that franchise, especially when we went into the pandemic, I feel like was was so huge and instrumental when everybody was locked indoors. It's like, look, I've got this island that I can go in and I can visit my friends and and things of that nature. So, you know, I, I that that is huge, I feel. But we'll see that that's a hard that's a hard one for me right now i would have to look at what i guess it's just not going to slow up there's too many good games coming out there's too many good games coming out and i know that i would hardly play that but i know my daughter would really enjoy it so i'm probably gonna end up caving in and and getting it (laughs) (laughs) I, i will say this it's shocking to me that it's taking this long to get like a major dlc uh for animal crossing like mm-hmm. uh, just given mm-hmm. how they've supported some of their other games, I, I was fully uh-huh. expecting like a DLC like this to have dropped late last year. Like it, it's it's mm-hmm. weird to me that it's it's we're we're almost done with 2021 and this is when we're getting this DLC. But better late than never. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, the value might be there for you. It's really about if you're gonna. Enjoy the games, be able to to get your money's worth from it. I would say absolutely. And we know that especially there's a younger audience and it's really friendly for couch co-op gaming. So that'll be cool. My understanding, too, is that there's going to be some online play for some of these older games. I believe I might be reading that incorrectly, but I think that could be pretty amazing because there's some games I could think of that's like, oh, oh, I'd love to play with, you know, so-and-so that's, that's wherever, as opposed to us just having to be in the same house. So we'll see how it plays out. It'll, it's, it's definitely not one that I think I'm just going to go and be like, all right, I have to, I have to have this day one. I'm going to let it ride a little bit and, and kind of see how things play out and how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What about you, uh, Lucas? What do you, what do you got? I know we got some, uh, not, not too sad news, but uh, I, I feel like at this point in time, it's kind of to be expected. It is. I mean, uh, so Elden Ring is getting a very, very slight delay. And by very slight, I mean, we're only talking a month. So, I mean, it, when it was announced uh, with the release date, it was January 22nd, I believe. And now we're into the end of February, which, I mean, like it, like we said, you know, one month is not that long. You do want them to take their time. You don't want them to be rushed. You don't want them to have to deal with, with crunch or anything like that. So, understandable. Um February is going to be one heck of a month. You know, that <laughs> I don't even know because, you know, Horizon will have been out for a couple weeks. There's no way I finish Horizon by the time Elden Ring comes out. So I don't even know what I'm going to do once we get to the end of February. Plus, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's not enough time. There's not enough time. I play games too slowly. I need like two of me <laughs> to same. be doing both these games at the same time. Uh, obviously, though, this this game is highly anticipated for a lot of people and hey, if they need a little extra time to polish and get things ready, we are okay with that. So Ryan, though, are you, 
I mean, probably not unexpected. Delays seem to be just kind of commonplace, especially given the world that we live in. Uh, how are you going to manage next February? <laughs> uh my my wallet is already <laughs> crying. It is already crying. So I don't know. This I, I would have to say though. I know there's a lot of people that are pumped for Elden Ring. I was not familiar with the series. I I'm very open about the fact that I hate Dead Souls. I hate it because I suck. <laughs> it's so hard. This was this was younger me though when I first played it. So I know people enjoy that challenge, but I I I have never really. And this seems to be, I believe this is a, a of that style or of that genre, or that there's some sort of connection, I believe, between Elden Ring and, and those games. Here's the deal, though. I absolutely signed up for that closed beta, uh, which they the registration for that just opened up. So you can go on their website and, and sign up to try to get early access to this just to see what it's about, just to see what the hubbub is. But yeah, I mean, next year is is crazy. Next year is going to be absolutely crazy for games. I don't know how anybody is going to manage it, both their wallets and just actually being able to to get through games. Much like you, Lucas, we have other things that we have to do so we don't get to put a ton of time into into playing games, you know, family time, uh, work, things of that nature. So it is getting it is super difficult to try to get through games. And and that's where I'm terrible because I'm that guy that's like, I I mean, I still have Deathloop. Haven't beaten <laughs> it. Haven't touched it in weeks. Returnal. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got so many that I've started that I need to go back. And I keep telling myself, I need to go back and finish. Red Dead Redemption 2. Still haven't gone back and finished it. I'm still working on Metal Gear. Still got four, four, four more things to do. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I, it's too much. It's, it's become too much for me. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying to contain myself. Uh, but we'll see if, if how, how well that will last as far as with this. But yeah, this is not a surprise. It's not a big delay. And I'm very much in the same boat as you. If a game's not ready, don't release it. If you're able to push it back, I know there's other factors that go into that as well. But if you have that ability, I think you're going to do yourself more of a favor pushing it back, taking, you know, people complain. They're going to complain anyway. So, who yep. you know, just do it. Uh, and, then, and then putting out a solid, it's so important to have a solid release, Um as we've seen with other games and, and uh, have rocky starts and things like that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it is. We'll see how it is. Uh, Mary, is this on your radar? Are you, are you a fan of these uh, type? These games are so hard. No, they're so hard. <laughs> and honestly, I have commitment issues sometimes when it comes to games. It's just like, I know that's a long, going to be uh, like a monstrous game to take on. <laughs> You know, and I'm seeing everybody kind of complaining about the delay. But for me, at the end of the day, like I worry about like the crunch aspect mm -hmm. and things yeah. like that. So, you know, if they want to delay it and it's better for the game and for, you know, everybody working on that game, then I think it's for, for the best. You know, I'll, I think I'm going to wait and see how this pans out and the reviews for this game before I dive mm -hmm. into it, because I'm not too familiar with it. But Same. just seeing other people getting excited makes me excited. But then it also makes me want to spend my money and buy these games, you know, and never finish them. So oh, I feel that so hard. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. 
it's brutal. I mean, I you know just thinking about this. I mean, for me, for me, 2022 starts with Pokemon Legends, but then mm-hmm. Horizons right on its heels, and now Elden Rings is right on Horizons heels. So like, there's just mm-hmm. there there is not enough time. There is not enough time. I, I mm. Halo Infinite in December. Uh, uh, Mario Party All Stars. Uh, I think that comes out at the end of this month as well, or it's sometime next month. I need to double check that, but uh, I'm excited for that one. I, I love Mario Parties and being able to go back and play some of the older maps. The the online play is already built in, so we'll be able to play with our friends. That one's got me geeked out. Like that is a fun one. Like we we will just play as a family and go through and have good times, and and so I'm excited for that. But yeah, this is. I mean. I'm not, I can tell you right now, I'll never get this game unless I was given a copy or something like that. There is like, I have, I'm just like, Hey, I, I respect it. I know that people are geeked about it. Like I, it ain't for me. This game is not made for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That, that's what we got going on. You know what? Let's take a quick commercial break and then we're coming back. Talking, we, we're gonna we're gonna dig deep with Mary, figure out what's going on. We'll see you guys real soon. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the show. And Mary, take us back to the beginning. What got you into journalism and and what uh, sent you down the games journalism track? Yeah, it's kind of complicated and weird. I find I was in school for marketing and advertising and like Mm. public relations. And I really liked the writing aspect of that. You know, so I, but I never thought of working, focusing strictly on games. You know, we're taught in school, you need to go corporate and work, you know, somewhere, you know, kind of like a mad men kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but then I started to see, you know, online that there were people that, you know, their entire life was just doing what I was doing, but in the game industry and focusing on the game. So I just started to reach out to people like, you know, I love video games and I love writing. Like, how can I turn this into something? Or how did you get started? And things like that. So, you know, that's kind of where I began doing it. You know, I had always had a passion for the games uh, industry and things like that, but I just didn't know how I could get my hands or how you even turn that into a career. Mm-hmm. And and when you were going through that process, I mean, you know, it's it's always daunting, especially when you first start out, right? I remember coming out of J school and 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 thinking like, all right, time to go find a job, and then like just just kind of realizing. Oh man, <laughs> this isn't exactly as easy as I thought it was going to be coming right out. Like, what what were those first couple uh, opportunities that you had, and what did you learn from that? Like, how have you kind of evolved? Do you think as as a journalist through some of those uh, trial and errors? Yeah, for me, I made a ton of mistakes early on in my career. You know, I 
I did, I tried to dabble in a lot of different things, you know, your guides, writing, your reviews, your features and things like that. And it's all about trying to find what you're, you prefer and what you kind of think is your niche or, or what you enjoy to do. So, you know, I did a lot of dumb things like working for free and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think a lot of people took advantage of me being newer in the industry. <laughs> so, you know, they would ask me to write, you know, pages on pages of content um, and doing it for free. So I hit a point where I kind of was like, you know, I want to do this on my own. So I ended up starting my own site and that was really hard. You know, anybody who runs their own site, you know, all the power to them because I just couldn't do it because there is so many moving parts, um, you know, from site design to promotion to constantly being, you know, updating the news, but as well as features and things like that. So I did a lot of things. I think I tried to jump head first too much, too quickly you know, and, and things like that. But, you know, for me sharing and talking about my experience, I, I hope people can learn from that, you know, to not, you know, learn from my mistakes, I guess. Yeah. And, and kind of fast forwarding a little bit too, you've really, and we were talking about this beforehand, you've really become a voice uh, for, for just not only female journalism and, and especially within the video game industry, but just women in general in the gaming industry and how there's definitely been a shift from it being a male dominated kind of industry to wait, there's, you know, there's, there's women that have stories to tell. There's people of color that have stories to tell, or they're working in the environments or they're doing the behind the scenes things and stuff of that nature. Where did, where did that shift kind of come in for you? And, you know, I, I guess just from your perspective, why is it important? You know, why was it important for you to be like, you know, I need to talk about this. This is something that's going on and, and, and it needs to be said. Yeah. I mean, I starting out, I was very shy, very meek. You know, I let a lot of people take advantage of me mm -hmm. in certain situations. You know, I've shared my experience of dealing with like abuse and things like that and men taking advantage of me in the industry. So I just hit a point sometime where I just said enough was enough. And I think, you know, the Me Too movement really helped me kind of realize that, you know, things aren't going to change if I don't talk about it. I had to start sharing my story and using my voice and the platform that I've built, you know, and tailor my content to becoming that advocate that I wanted to do. You know, I decided that I, at some point that I wa was willing to take the heat in terms of calling things like this out so that, you know, younger generations that wanted to get into this industry, it might be a little bit better for them, or they can learn from, you know, things that I've done or things that I've said, or I can help them gain the, ind get into the industry, because I find that it's really important. I didn't have that, you know, really mm -hmm. when I was, was trying to get into the industry and things like that. So I try to do that, you know, as much as I can, and I'm happy to take the heat 
you know, and I, I've kind of tailored my content in a sense. And most of the articles I do talk about is things like that, about representation, you know, um, and things going on in the industry, because unfortunately, it seems like there's always a story to talk about, you know, in terms of things happening towards women or, you know, POCs and things like that. So we got to keep talking about it because if we don't talk about it, you know, it's never going to change. And you've become such a, a, a important and, and positive voice in that space. When you when you started to, to write and, and talk about it, what were your expectations? Like, did you did you set out, you know, uh, and and seeing yourself like like as an advocate? Did that was that something that you kind of realized that that's a role you kind of had to slide into uh, and and kind of pivot a little bit, or or what were your expectations coming into to that stretch? Yeah, I really had no expectations. Um, it kind of started out tailoring and writing a lot about representation in games. You know, we hardly ever see, you know, a lead female protagonist sometimes. So I started talking about that. Um, you know, why, how come in certain games you have the male and the female option? Why not just the female option? So I started to write about those kind of things. And I had, you know, positive feedback, you know, some negative feedback, of course. But, you know, I tried to realize that, you know, I need to talk about these things. And it's not just about representation in a game. It's about representation in the industry as a whole. You know, I need to talk about, you know, what happens to journalists, what happens to, you know, developers and things like that. Um, I didn't go into it thinking that I was going to be this advocate. I kind of just fell into it. Um, mm -hmm. And the more that, you know, I dove into it, I realized that this is kind of what I feel I need to do um, and what I want to do. Were there nerves? Like, like I know that, like, you know, if, if I were in your shoes, that there, I would have that initial hesitancy of, like, you know, Am I ready to dive like fully into this, you know, or, or, you know, to kind of prep yourself? Was there a stretch where you were kind of on the fence on, on whether you wanted to, to take that deep dive? I definitely have that still to this day when I'm going to post something that I know is going to ruffle feathers or something like that. Like, you know, when you're you're going to post something that people are going to have something to say about it. So I'm definitely hesitant. And starting out, I was very nervous because there is a bit of a backlash in terms of you could get, you know, canceled or people, you're going to get hate from people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it slowly started trickling in and, you know, you deal with it. But then there's been times where, you know, it hits you hard and there's a lot of hate and, and harassment that come your way. Um, but I always try and, you know, look into the positive side of things in terms of I've had you know, younger girls, uh, women reach out to me and say, you know, because of you and what you said, or sharing your story, you know, I'm going to try getting into the industry, or, you know, I'm going to voice my opinion on social media about a game, you know, so it's just like, if to me, it's like, that is worth it. Yeah. And, you know, speaking on that, too, and we've talked about this a ton, like social media is scary because you're right. You can get canceled. You I'm like, I don't even know why I'm getting canceled. It's just, you know, or there's just a lot of ignorance and people have have I feel like they feel 
emboldened to say things. I had somebody the other day just randomly pop on and say something on on a thread that had nothing to do with anything. And they were rude. And I called them out, you know, it's like, but initially I wanted to get angry. I wanted I wanted to shoot, you know, fire back and whatnot. How do you go about just navigating and, and being able to, because I feel like that takes a lot of self-discipline to not respond to, to such ignorance. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Again, learn from my mistakes because I, early on, I wanted to take everybody on and send them like replies and messages and things like that. But that just kind of fuels it in a sense. And then they start going back Mm -hmm. at you and everything like that. Um, I do share sometimes if I get a really nasty DM or a nasty, you know, reply In a sense, I share it to say, you know, this is proving my point. You know, I'm calling out this toxic behavior that we have to experience and I'm getting more of it. And it's not just, you know, your your typical like I hate you or, you know, you know, you're dumb and you're wrong or things like that. Sometimes it can be really scary and, you know, harmful things. So I try to, I don't engage with it, but I do share it, you know, take a screenshot to show like, this is what, you know, this is what we're dealing with. This is serious. It is that it is, it is uh, really scary and it's hard to navigate. And, and, you know, I I was saying I have a a seven-year-old daughter and it's something that I know that eventually she's going to have to deal with and just being able to, give her resources or places to go to be able to deal with stuff like that I know is is going to be a thing so it's, I, I feel like as a parent it's important for me to know what's going on and be in you know in in it to help her navigate as she goes through it as well so I don't know it, it people are terrible I mean we saw uh, Alana when she when she got uh, hired on by Santa Monica and and you know they they made delays people just went after her. Like, like, really? You think that that it's just like it's like that is that is crazy. That is crazy to me. And and people they they get nasty. And it's just it's 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 weird. It's a weird. Like I feel like that's that blessing and and a curse. Like I love the fact that we have this accessibility and we're able to communicate with people all over the world. But at the same time, it's like, I hate it because some people just need to stay in their own little corners and, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Mary, I know that, that there are some people that want to show support uh, in different ways that, that maybe aren't ready to kind of fully dive in publicly or, or they're just wary of, of potential backlash and all that. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about what ways uh, of support are most meaningful to you uh, that kind of helps you keep going in, in that fight. Yeah. I mean, for me, a simple DM really does wonders, you know, when I'm under fire or things like that, you know, I'm going through my DMS and there, if I see somebody who's just sending a nice message. It really means the world to me. Um, It makes me feel better. Or there's things like, you know, sharing my content or, or, you know, inviting me on a podcast or to work with me or something like that. Like those are all great ways to show your support without having to kind of, you know, put yourself right out there because I understand, you know, not everybody wants to do that. And I don't expect anybody to kind of, you know, dive right in and, 
you know, support me or publicly or anything like that, because there is that, that fear of receiving the same hate and harassment. And, and with the gaming industry as a whole, I know that, you know, anytime there's a scandal, you start to hear some familiar uh, lines from people about how, you know, the industry needs to change, will take steps and all that. Do you get a sense that some of those steps are actually being taken uh, or do you, do you still get a sense that we're still kind of stuck and we need some sort of a jolt to make some some real and tangible progress? I really think um, there it has been some steps change. Like the more I'm finding more and more we're talking about it. Unfortunately, it's bad news and, and things like that, but it is getting it out there and it is telling people, the public, you know, everybody in the industry that this isn't just, you know, an isolated incident at a couple studios or a couple of people involved. This is a ton of people. Um, a ton of women, a ton of POCs getting targeted, you know, and missing opportunities mm-hmm. and things like that. And we need to, to, it needs to change point blank. Like enough is enough. Um, so I think the more we talk about it, the more, you know, we can find ways to change. But I definitely think something needs to happen in terms of companies really cracking down or they're becoming some sort of, you know, regulatory rules and regulations in terms of these are what you need to follow. Um, every company needs to follow to protect, um, to imp- protect their employees, um, protect their staff, um, from, you know, their freelancers and things like that. There needs to be some sort of, you know, step-by-step guide because they all say, you know, we're going to have HR involved and, mm-hmm. and then you hear that HR is in on it or, or things like that. So I think there needs to be more third parties getting involved in more, you know, industry standards in terms of, you know, protecting everybody. So everybody is safe and, you know, no one should have to go to work and fear, you know, uh, you know, what they're going to get. Yeah, I feel like this is just the beginning of that and more companies and more because it is absolutely rampant. We can we found out, you know, it's just a toxic work environment and it shouldn't be it wouldn't be tolerated anywhere else. Why would it be tolerated in an industry like that? So I feel like this is uh, the reckoning in that shift. In, in cultures, in the game industry. And it's something that we've been seeing, you know, leading up through the years. And and just speaking on that, and we had mentioned, you know, from especially from where you've started, I feel like we have seen, even within the last, let's say, five years, so many more female protagonists in video games from when we were growing up, where as opposed to just having a stereotypical uh, you know, uh, female character, play, you know, playing a stereotype. We actually had, you know, heroes and leads, and we're seeing more of the, the I, you know, The Last of Us and Last of Us Two. Which, uh, again, Abby, I thought, what, what did that character alone? I just, I've never emotionally went from hating a character to being like, no, killer. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I could talk about Abby forever. I I love Abby. I love Abby. Abby stands like 
started. <laughs> Absolutely. But as far as with that, I mean, what kind of, I guess, what kind of impact has it had on you seeing more of that? And, and, and how do you feel other people take that being able to see that and seeing more women in these, in these roles and, and these stories uh, being told? Cause there's so many. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's amazing to see that, to see women that, you know, have gone from that stereotypical, you know, pizza or object to now they're, they're leaders. They have their own thoughts and feelings and, you know, they're not just a cookie cutter, you know, what we think of in terms of a video game, you know, female. Um, I would really like to see more representation, you know, myself, you know, I see myself in a lot of, you know, female characters and lead female characters, Mm -hmm. but we definitely, you know, change is coming. And I think with things like Far Cry 6 and stuff like that, we're definitely seeing a turn towards not only more female protagonists, but more different, you know, walks of life, different you know, Mm -hmm. ethnicities and things like that. So I'm super excited. You know, the change has been astronomical in a sense from, you know, we went from, you know, your typical Princess Peach to where we are now (laughs) with an Abbey. Um, So it's really exciting to see, you know, and I think the more we talk about it, the more we play these type of games, um, the industry is going to see that, you know, women females are selling games as leads mm-hmm. well not only that but but also you're finding more women behind the scenes in the development in the writing in the directing i i feel like that is a direct impact of uh, of that change and of of that industry changing so there's definitely a ton more that needs to be changed in that sector but i feel like the growth and and being able to see that growth has been it, it's it's crazy and and you can visibly see uh that growth and change so it's such an exciting time uh for all gamers of all walks of life yeah absolutely i'm super excited to see where it goes you know, when when you kind of look at, at your career so far, what has gaming meant to you so, so that you wanted to kind of stick with this track? And, you know, when I think back to like my first couple articles, which didn't even run, they were just like bleeding red from my editor at the time. Uh, what like what advice would you give your younger self if you were starting out now and wanted to get into the games journalism world? Yeah, I mean, I would tell myself to to not give up. There were a ton of times where I did give up and I stepped away or I didn't voice, you know, my opinion when I knew or you had that gut feeling that you shouldn't, you know, an article that they're requesting you to write um, didn't sit well with you or wasn't what I wanted to express, but I did it anyways and things like that. So I definitely would say to to go with your instinct and your gut and do what you think, do what you want to do. You know, if you want to to write something about, you know, a, a game or something like that, just do it, you know, give it a try and things like that. There's lots of opportunities. You know, I passed by because I just didn't have the confidence or you didn't think I was good enough or pretty enough or talented enough. And you make a million excuses um, and then you regret it 
later down the road in life. So I would give myself, you know, just go for it. Try it. If you fail, you fail, you know? Yeah, no, that, that is great advice that it's, it's, it's always tough to shoot your shot when you haven't had much success up to that point, especially when you're starting out, it's, it's Mm -hmm. tough to, to sometimes land that first shot. Uh, you know, do you see the journalism side evolving along with the games industry? Cause I know, you know, the IGNs of the world are always going to do their thing and, you know, they do a good job for what they do. But now that you see places like the Washington Post, you know, the LA Times and, and some of these kind of legacy outlets start to, to cover the games industry, do you see journalism evolving for the better in this space? Or do you think that they're still missing the mark or still kind of finding their way? Uh, I really think it depends on, you know, the company that and the writers that they hire and things like that um, and articles that they produce. Um, can talented writers write for, you know, huge companies? Absolutely. You know, I worked with the Toronto Star for, for a long time and I was vocal about how we should ta- tailor that. You don't want it to come across as, you know, a cash grab or your your blanketed posts you really want to do stuff inspiring um and things that make sense in the industry you have to know your audience at the end of the day so i think if these larger publications you know research you know the gaming industry and their audience then they can produce some really quality work but it is you know a slippery slope where if they produce something that completely misses the mark in terms of this industry, you know, you know, people are going to be talking about it and, you know, their reputation in the industry, you know, could get tarnished in a sense. Looking ahead, if, if we're talking five years from now, where do you think you are? Like, how do you see your career evolving from here? I really don't know. Personally, I really still want to stay within the journalism industry like writing is my passion I've always said that you know I'm more of a writer than a speaker but now with the pandemic and things like that I'm getting opportunities to to do more you know speaking um, and things like that so I'd like to dabble in that a little bit more it's one of those things where I've always had a fear of doing it but now you know I'm throwing myself out there and you know I'm really enjoying it I'm also taking on mentorship a lot now. Yeah, so I'm very excited to, you know, use my experience to help, you know, people who are in college for journalism or interested in entering the game journalism industry where I can help them um, navigate the roads, whether it's helping them with a pitch or editing an article for them and stuff like that. I really am finding that super inspiring and, and really, you know, just helps my soul at the end of the day where, you know, I feel like I I made all these mistakes for a reason. And now, you know, someone else can, can learn. I built these relationships and I can help them, you know, write, write as well. Where, where would one go or how does one go about getting into like a mentorship program? Yeah, 100 Dreams. Um, I've worked with them a lot. So they help people, um, you know, help women and um, those who don't identify um, as 
as I guess female per se, um, they help them get grants in terms of um, funding if they want, you know, gear or equipment, if they want to start streaming and stuff like that. But they also have a really great mentorship program. And that's where, you know, I've been working with them on a variety of different things and things like that. So, it, you know, I think there's other ones. There's a lot of like, it depends on where you're looking like for coding you know, there's, there's certain places and things like that, um, or reaching out, you know, reach out to somebody who you admire their work and just ask, you know, if they have, you know, time for a couple questions or, or something like that. It doesn't hurt to ask. True enough. Last question from me so far up to this point, what is your game of the year? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Y'all putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> I don't know. Coming in with them spices. Yeah, very, very spicy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I really enjoyed Deathloop. I'm really enjoying yeah. Far Cry 6. Um, you know, I'm really, I loved Life is Strange. I loved Returnal. I, I can't, I don't know. We'll, I really. We can, we can get back. We'll follow up with yeah, you then. Fine, we'll follow okay. up we'll, we'll closer. So there is still time. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll do like a, a, a little video where we, we figure out what everybody's uh, uh, game of the year is or something like that. And we'll just follow up with everybody. Cause there is, and there's still a lot more uh, to come as well. So absolutely exactly yeah you know and and one df is such a great organization i know that they do a uh a trip out to the esports arena out here every so often so it's it's uh i've had the the pleasure of, of talking to christy over there and, and whatnot and and just a, just an awesome awesome organization there uh so definitely awesome that you're working with them mm -hmm. uh and and yeah no that is amazing uh, you know i i'm curious do you ever think back to like some of your earliest articles? Cause like I, I went back and I looked at like my old student newspaper and I like read some articles <laughs> and I was just like cringing the whole way through oh, going like, yeah. what was I like, thank goodness yeah. there's been some improvement. Hope hopefully anyway, <laughs> since then. Oh my God. When I look back at my old articles or reviews, I'm like, Oh my God, I wrote so simplistic and just generic and it was like game is good you know <laughs> and things like that I was like oh my god like yeah but it, it is good to have those pieces because now mm -hmm. you can go back and be like wow like you've taken it to the next level it's nice being able to see that progression path and and that's part of the fun I feel like. And when you do jump into a you know a career or or just having that passion, being able to go back and look to see where you started to where you're where you're at is so important. And just in and just in that kind of you know you should be proud of yourself to be able to to see that progression uh, in something that you love doing, especially in an industry like this. It's it's so much. You know, I'm not talking about just video games, but journalism in in general. From where you're at to to where you're at, or where you started to where you're at now, and all the things that you've learned, and how much you've changed, and and your perspectives have changed, and it's almost like watching somebody grow up. It's fantastic. 
Absolutely. Again, Mary, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate you you taking the time and coming and jibber jabbing. We we love the fact and 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 everything that you're putting out there and just keep speaking that message and and letting the people know. Please tell us where can we find you? Where can people connect with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Girl from Canada. Um, super easy to find me. I'm very active there. So feel free to, to reach out if you have any further questions or just, you know, want to send me something. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much again for being on, my friend. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend? I know that I just went on a little mini rant about how my backlog is so, so bad, but <laughs> I, I did see earlier that it was like the 10th anniversary of Arkham City, so I'm kind of tempted uh, to go back to that game now, <laughs> which I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't, but I mean, that is a series that's so great, and I was in the Batman mood with the Gotham Knights trailer from uh, yeah, yeah. DC FanDome and all that. Like, I can't wait for that game. Uh, also, Stephen Young, I'm still waiting to see you in a Ferrari, so I guess you're not in a Marvel movie just yet, but but my eyes are peeled. <laughs> my eyes are peeled. <laughs> no, other than that, uh, just uh, just relaxing, you know, trying trying to to find that perfect work life balance that will forever elude me. But I'm still still chasing it. What about yourself, Ryan? Yeah. One one could hope one day. Uh, you already know what it is. Getting on that destiny getting on in sound of mine and i am going to squeeze in i am i refuse to lose that bet with metal gear solid 5 i've got maybe two or three weeks i've got four missions left uh we can't fail this is more pride i've already said i'm gonna donate the money regardless this is about my pride hold, so. hold on hold on i do i do need to give some context to mary here <laughs> he's add. had four missions left he's had four missions left for almost as long as i can remember <sighs> to in the show <laughs> uh, they're all adept. i've already done the missions they're just harder versions of missions that i've already done and they're annoying and i'm just slow poking it and there's so many good games i'm like ah, i could go do that but what about this and usually the what about this usually wins. So <laughs> I'm going to force myself to do it. <laughs> we'll see. Other than that, though, uh, you know, the same old rigmarole, chilling out, having a good time. Uh, we're getting we're getting it's the spoopy season two. So we've got our we've decorated our house and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for Halloween. So that should be fun. Uh, regardless, so thank you guys so much for joining us today. Don't forget, check us out on the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Hagen, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week, and you already know what it is. We love your faces. Let's, 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 let's.